And I think that's what's happening with the New Age movement and this self-care revolution of like, where are your boundaries? Where are your boundaries? Like, you know, and we're using the boundaries as a way of weaponizing ourselves to dismiss the people in our lives that have caused us pain. And so we're dismissing the gift of the actual pain, that the pain itself carries a lot of wisdom, a lot of teaching, a lot of medicine, that when we allow ourselves to be fully submitted to the medicine, to the gift of this pain, it will transform us. Welcome to The Ownership Game with Gary Montalbo. What would it take to get into the driver's seat of your life and leave your mark? The Ownership Game starts now. Today, we're doing a bit of a different episode. Over the last few years, there has been a shift in the coaching industry towards ideologies that are rooted in spirituality, new age, and even psychology. As a result, there's a beautiful tapestry of self-development work that has been birthed. Some of it is really interesting, helpful, and effective, but some of it is problematic and has gotten distorted from its original intention. In this episode, I explore this with my dear friend, Michelle Giovanni. Michelle wears many hats and has many talents, but for the sake of overly simplifying what she does, let's call her a spiritual life coach. I think Michelle stands out in a crowded field of spirituality and personal development because she has a really unique approach. Her work is deeply rooted in having individuals embrace their inner work and transform their pain into wisdom. With a rich backing of somatic practices, ancient spiritual knowledge, and a deep understanding of human consciousness, she guides people towards living fulfilling lives with integrity and radical ownership. I'm so excited to share her with you today. So I thought a good place for us to start would be this idea of setting boundaries. Like, I feel like a lot of people, there's a lot of noise out there right now about setting boundaries. It's it's just a very popular concept in spirituality and like self-help and and you see people posting all the time about, you know, cut them out your life and, <laughs> and and all this. And I heard you talk about this the other day and it was fascinating. It was a take that I never considered. So what's your philosophy on this whole thing? Let's go into yeah, it. I think the, the the most important place to start and to really understand is that we are really robbing us from so much wisdom from ancient teachers. You know, when you look at religion, all these different religions are fragmented. And all of these leaders of these different religion went on to carry and teach a certain specific part of the teaching. And I think that's what's happening with the New Age movement and this self-care revolution of like, where are your boundaries? Where are your boundaries? Like, you know, and we're using the boundaries as a way of weaponizing ourselves Mm. to dismiss the people in our lives that have caused us pain. And so we're dismissing the gift of the actual pain, that the pain itself carries a lot of wisdom, a lot of teaching, a lot of medicine, that when we allow ourselves to be fully submitted to the medicine, to the gift of this pain, it will transform us. And so what we're doing is that we have so many teachers, and I put them in quotation marks because it's a lot of fragmented and very similar to the, what The Course in Miracles says. It's like these wounded healers, these broken healers are teaching fragmented parts of the teaching. So you'll hear something, for example, the story of the two wolves, where you'll hear the, the beginning part of the story be mainstreamed and everybody leads with that. But nobody says the second part, which is the most important part of the story of this teaching. So they'll say there was these two wolves and one represents good and one represents bad, evil. And you feed the wolf that you want to actually, you know, dominate and rule and and choose and decide and create through your life. And what what ends up happening is that the second line of that story never gets mentioned because the story goes, no, you feed both. You feed both wolves so that one doesn't become hungry 
hungrier than the other and through that hunger overtakes the other. But we were left with the idea of like, okay, we feed the good wolf and we dismiss the evil one. But then the evil wolf becomes hungry and starts self-sabotaging and taking things out of context because it's hungry, hasn't been fed. And so I start with that analogy because it's so important to understand that the teachings are being fragmented and are being distorted through the wounds that the teacher hasn't been willing to fully integrate and actually be a student of the full teaching. So when you look at boundaries, you know, it was never about boundaries. The the role of the warrior is to actually create the boundaries so that life can have a proper space to actually grow and nourish and evolve and, and soar. But what we've been doing as New Age teachers is that we're saying, what are your boundaries and cut off anybody, dismiss people, let them go so that you can rise. But we don't rise if we dismiss people in our lives that have been teachers of this gift called pain. And so you'll hear people say, these are my boundaries. And if you can't meet me there, then I'm done. But in fact, and I learned this from my teacher, Richard Strozzi from the somatic world, that the boundaries are there to inform us where our work actually begins. Because if you want to be this unified, integral human, then it's not about collapsing the boundaries where you're in this safe little bubble and you're playing God in your bubble and you're dismissing anyone that negates or brings the gift of pain. This is medicine and the boundaries are simply there that when the boundaries are crossed, this informs us of where our work begins. And because we're just so powerful storytellers, right? The mind is a powerful storyteller. We create stories in our minds. We adopt stories from our parents, from our society, from our culture. And we're indoctrinated into the storytelling, right? Like if you look at Latinos, we grew up with novelas. Mm. And whether you watch novelas or not, your grandmothers, your mothers, they, they had always novelas playing in the background. If you look at the Hindu culture, they had Bollywood. And those are like really dramatized stories of conflict between family members and, and betrayal. And there's just this, always this constant drama playing out. And these dramas indoctrinate us to now perceive the world through this conflict, through the story of conflict. And so it's super important to understand mm that the teachings have been fragmented from the people, by the people that have not been willing to actually dive deep within to fully integrate as humans, as co-creators with great spirit. And so boundaries are like you think of the, when we talk about boundaries, oftentimes we're putting the cart before the horse, where we're making it about the boundaries, but we're forgetting that it's about the energetic resonance that creates the boundaries that are created by the values that we subscribe to, that we hold inherently important within our lives. But oftentimes the values that we say we're up to, like freedom and family and and financial prosperity or purpose, legacy, those are not the actual values that we are practicing in our day-to-day lives. When you look at your life and you actually start paying attention to what you give your time and energy into, that starts revealing to you from an integrity perspective what you are actually subscribing to when it comes to value. So some people may say, my value is family, but in reality, you've been all about working hard. And so that has been the value that has trumped family in Mm -hmm. its place. A lot of people will say freedom, and what they've really been subscribing to is significance. It's, It's this superiority this it could also be instead of freedom you've been really subscribing to respect which was my thing mm. i want to be respected respect was a huge trigger for me and so we look at all these values and we have to really be honest with ourselves and it requires time and space and devotion to really be with ourselves in a way that we are being honest with ourselves and that will start revealing what are the values that are truly playing out when the boundaries come up it's because you feel in some way something is being violated. There's an imbalance happening between the giving and the receiving. And so then you'll, we've created this concept of like, okay, well, these are my boundaries and you can't cross my boundaries. And if you cross my boundaries, then you're dismissed. But we negate ourselves from actually doing the work because the boundary reveals there's something out of balance here. 
This is where our work begins. This is where we get to now start to actually look within and say, what have I been playing out? What are the patterns, the stories that have been playing out that are holding the person, the event, the work, the money hostage in my story that I've created a boundary, a wall with? Mm -hmm. So it's super important to understand that we've been fragmenting ourselves by keeping people, events, ideas, things that we want to manifest in our life stuck within a story that is seeking to move through you so that it can bring from the unconscious something to become aware and conscious about. So that from that space, you now redirect and recalibrate, okay, this is what I'm I'm longing to create. This is what I'm experiencing. Now, how can I harmonize both? Because it's not about living in the resistance of what you don't want that's in your life. It's actually about learning to love it and fully radically accept it so that you can integrate it. And in that integration, the resistance that once was will lose its power over you. Mm -hmm. So some place that we can actually really see this clearly is within our money stories or within our partners, our friendships, our family. We can see how we want to have these boundaries in place to keep us safe, but that is a false sense of safety because that safety that we are quote unquote seeking to create through our boundaries is simply another version of control. And it's Mm -hmm. fragmented parts of you that are holding those people hostage in the stories that you tell yourself to create this false sense of safety. Okay. So let me, let me see if I'm following you here. Okay. So my sister says something, right? She made a comment about my potato salad. I get triggered. I get, here she is. Here's my sister again, coming at me, whatever it is. Right. What, what we're seeing is instead of me going, you know what? I'm setting boundaries with my sister. I'm letting her know she can't say anything about my potato salad. She can't come over to Thanksgiving anymore. You know, like whatever the boundary that you said is. Now you're saying this is a gift for me in this moment to look inward and say, what's going on in here? What, what's my work that I need to embark? This is the gift that's showing me what's the work that I need to do to dismantle the trigger, to heal what's there, to, you know, right? Right. That's The trigger trigger is informing us that there is a place inside of us that's wounded. Yeah. And that on some level is believing that sense of external validation that we've been latching on, that we've been seeking through our sister saying that comment. And so when we look at that, okay, here I am in this outward in conversation that I'm receiving what my sister is saying on some level, I'm believing it on some level. I'm not feeling Mm -hmm. like she's honoring me. So there's a part in me that is showing up in her to reflect back to me where I'm not honoring myself. What part of me is wounded that is seeking the external validation from her to actually feel worthy, which is a complete dissonance to your authentic truth. Mm -hmm. You are worthy just because Mm -hmm. you're alive. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we receive a trigger from the outside in that's telling us, wait, she doesn't respect me. She doesn't love me. She's not honoring me. There's a part in you that hasn't been honoring you. Mm-hmm. And she's simply the messenger of that. Okay. Love that. Totally get that. Let's let's turn the heat up in the conversation and and try to approach it to an area that may seem more black and white, right? Because let's say I have, I'm in a a situation or uh, let's say you have an abusive partner or you have a family member that is clearly trying to disrespect, belittle, you know, coming at you in some way, let's say. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's like dozens and dozens of little ways in which we do this all day, I think, with the potato salad scenario. But there's these big moments that I think are a little bit harder to apply this to when you see someone coming at you, at least in what seems like an obvious attempt to harm you, harm you. Right. So how do we, how does this apply in that scenario and in those scenarios? You know, it's, it's really interesting because when we look at abuse and when we look at violence, you know, there's definitely 
an unhealthy, toxic pattern that's playing out. And oftentimes will manifest to people to abuse us. And this is not to negate or disinvalidate the hurt and the pain that's happening. But oftentimes will attract the partner that's abusive, that's unhealthy, that's toxic, that's violent, whether emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And what is being revealed to us when we actually dive inward and do the work. And, and it will require you to hire someone that can support you in really arriving at this level of awareness where you are manifesting yourself. And I heard this from, from Shaman Durek really clearly, you know, you manifest yourself through another body to reveal to you the violence, the abuse that you have been submitting yourself unconsciously in a very dormant, unaware way. And we do this so subtly, but it becomes a pattern of like, you're telling yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror that you don't like what you see, that you're not worthy, that you don't feel valuable, that you don't feel beautiful, that you don't feel, and it's it happens in those, you know, insidious moments where we're like, oh, I'm, I, I, I'll never sound like that, or I'll never be powerful, or I'll, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Or like we, sh- we speak to ourselves in a way that we've normalized, and that we start to disconnect that that's not abuse, that we're not abusing ourselves, that mm. I am abusing myself, and now I've manifest another in my life to actually reveal the context of my own consciousness that will show me, inform me of how I have been subjecting myself to self-abuse within my own consciousness. And that is huge. And a lot of people are not ready to hear that because it's easier. You're seeing it and I'm like, "Mm, Michelle. It's easier to... Stay in the victim stance of like this mother effer, this person, mm-hmm. that person. And I did that for so long. It was easier mm-hmm. to point the finger at the mirror than to actually become full, really responsible for the projection that I'm creating within the mirror. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you tolerate the abuse. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you tolerating it allows its space to continue to perpetuate. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when the woman or the man wakes up, like, hey, I'm swimming in waters that are completely toxic, that are completely abusive, and you remove yourself, you've now taken the first step, taking a stand where you're not letting the abuser abuse himself either by abusing you, and you're not tolerating the abuse either. So that mm-hmm. becomes the first step of awakening, like, no, I deserve better. So that becomes now the healing, that step forward where you're like, I deserve better. I am worthy of something that is healthy, that is equally balanced, an equilateral uh, relationship where we both see each other and honor each other and create that vision that we have for this relationship. Mm-hmm. So in we an essence... Can I just go, dive into the business part? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. With our business, we see it so clearly where we we... As as soon as we launch, we start creating the stories of like, oh my God, nobody's seeing what I'm putting out there. Nobody's seeing, but you're not doing the work to actually have built the consistency to create the momentum that you seek, that you're desiring to experience within your business. The business becomes an extension of you energetically, and it's revealing to you the impatience, the lack of tolerance, the resistance, the judgment that you have with yourself. And so some people will put something out there and then become super impatient. And in that journey of developing the patience and the faith, we start beating ourselves up. We start to dismiss and disinvalidate and criticize and judge. And then we start judging the other people that we see that have the success that we actually want. We start judging them. And all that judgment consumes us because it is what we are carrying within us. And so the business now becomes, as an entrepreneur, your healing partner to support you in revealing where your work begins and where the work is actually required. Yeah. There's this radical ownership mm-hmm. of everything that is coming up for you, right? And instead of having it be like an outwardly focused, what we do is we focus on the thing that cost us that pain instead mm-hmm. of you're saying it's like whatever's going on out here, it's really a reflection of what's going on in here. 
And I struggle. I, I want to go back to the previous case because I want to just close the loop on that because I struggle with the idea of of like I manifested that, right? Like if there's something about that that's like, I didn't manifest that shit. But what what's very obvious in what you're saying is that that I'm still allowing it in my space that energetically it came in is something to be responsible for, right? It's like, it's like it's what you're saying that it's like that that if if you weren't a match for that, it it wouldn't have grown in your space in your environment, and that that act itself it's revealing to you the work that there is for you to do in empowering yourself, right? That you, the fact that you allow that to go on is self-abuse, you know? So yes, that person's maybe abusing you, but you're also abusing yourself by allowing yourself to be in that. And, that and, to, it, highlight, and to highlight back to you that your level of resonance, how you hold yourself, how you saw yourself was also misaligned. Mm-hmm. That in that misalignment, you authored this person to become a teacher and a mirror for you to actually go deeper within you. Mm-hmm. And so we look at them as sacred teachers, messengers, the gifts for us to actually go inward deeper and see where in our life we have, have we not been actually honoring who we are? Have mm-hmm. we not been actually unearthing and revealing and stepping forward into the true and totality of who we are? Yeah. Because if you were doing that, there wouldn't be space for anyone else to come in and do that. Exactly. Like, that's the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I mean, I love it, but it takes a while to wrap your head around this because it's so oh. radical and, and, and <laughs> it seems radical. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, you know, it, 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 it's the only thing that could empower you is to do your work over here. You know, because you can cut that person out of your life, let's say, but then you you move, you take all that stuff with you to the next one and to the next one. So you, you, you're just going to keep cutting people out all over the place. You'll cut people off, but you'll fragment that part of you because every Mm -hmm. person that comes into your life represents an aspect of you and how we love them and how we honor them and how we fully receive them is a part of you that you're fully receiving as well. And so it's important for us to understand that when we cut people off, we're just also cutting a part part of ourselves that we haven't been willing to actually sit with. Because when you sit with yourself fully and and allow that gift to come in and fully penetrate so that you're transformed by the gift, then that person will dissolve into the background, but with a lot of love and honor. And there's people in our lives that are not in every season with us, but we hold with a lot of regard and appreciation for the role that they came into play with us. There's no animosity. There's no energy there. But the people that we have that energy that we're like, no, I have no space or capacity to actually even be with that person or have that conversation with that person. It fragments a part of you that you're unwilling to actually be with and fully receive from yourself. Yeah, And so then the story continues with another person that it has the same energetic resonance, the same message, the same gift. And we're here. And then after a while, you start saying, oh my God, it's the same pattern playing out. And it's because you didn't allow the, the gift from the previous person to be fully received and integrated. Yeah. So that now you're ascending in this or descending in the evolution of who you came here to be. Yeah. I, it, I often speak to some people and it's, You've had to, when you're talking to somebody and they, they tell you, oh, this is like my, you know, my friends always, my friends always betray me, or this is the third abusive relationship that I've been in, or I'm always, you know, getting fired from jobs, or I always quit my job. Like, there are these things that when I hear them, I'm like, how does that keep, like, how, like that, that happens to you once, I understand, but how is it that? third or fourth time that this keeps happening to you and I'm not it's not like a blame thing but it explains to me some of the attraction thing that you're talking about like that somehow yeah. I had a story are... like that where I felt like I was betrayed and and outcasted or I didn't feel like I belong that story kept repeating itself over and over and over where I had friendships that I felt betrayed by and 
the question then started to become for me really clear, like, where am I betraying myself? Mm-hmm. What area of my life am I betraying myself? Where am I not fully accepting myself? Where am I not taking my rightful place in my life? Where am I betraying my voice, my wisdom, the things that I'm here to teach and share? Mm-hmm. And then that started to really highlight for me where my work resides. Mm-hmm. So let's say you ask yourself these questions and you start to see some areas where perhaps you are betraying yourself, not honoring yourself. What that? What then? <laughs> like, yeah, what a, I mean. That's when you hire someone, you know, that's when you hire a coach, a therapist, that's when you actually start doing the real inner work and not the parroted work where you sit in a workshop for a weekend and then you think that automatically this is going to solve all your problems, right? This is a lifelong commitment to yourself, to your work, to your purpose, to your dharma, your legacy, to be in the, in this quest of really fully integrating myself that I that I am deeply present in this moment accepting all past present and future as what it is it's it's a gift this life is a gift where I start honoring my family members my partner my friends as sacred teachers messengers of the great divine to support me in actualizing my full potential but what happens is that a lot of people get stuck in the stories in the stories of their victim consciousness, in the stories of like, if my mom had done this, if my dad had done this, if, if my partner was a better partner, if he would do the work, if if my friends could see me. But what ends up happening is that you get so caught up in the stories of, of, of the misaligned mind that you start believing them in such a way that it starts to really diminish the power that you have to actually co-create in this moment. And so you start repeating things like Groundhog Day, where it's like you're doing all this thing, but it's the same exact result. You're Mm -hmm. creating the same exact amount of money or money's coming in, but it's going out all, you know, it's you're, you're in this like hamster wheel where you think you're doing the work, but the work requires an honest, a radically honest approach where you are really sitting with these stories and investigating and getting curious of what have I dismissed as true? What what lies have I told myself? What patterns have I been a victim to that I haven't fully owned that I've co-created to wake me up? But instead I became a victim or I started to put on this persona that goes on to be this spiritualized ego or this, you know, intelligent wise ego that knows what they're saying, but isn't actually living what they're saying. Yeah. You start learning jargon and you start learning some of these spiritual oh distinctions and, and you're not like really embodying it. You're now using it to further create the fragmentation and to further create the boundaries and and instead of I mean the, the thing that I keep coming back to you, the to what you're saying, it all points out to me to radical ownership, radical responsibility. You know, for and, and that for all of it, that you're this is this is all my stuff. The good, the bad, and the ugly is all my stuff, and it's mine. And if I'm honoring myself, then I'm honoring my stuff, right? Like if you're if honoring you, yourself, <clears throat> but here's the thing: who is the self, right? Like I know it's a deep go. question, but when you think about who is the self, the self is a figment; it's a creation of your mind, and so yourself your spirit, you get to honor you in your most authentic, truest version. Mm-hmm. The parts that are sad, the parts that are alive, the parts that feel numb, the parts that feel disconnected. And all of those parts are also connected with family and friends that you're highly tethered with energetically. And that introduces the power of the ancestors, where the ancestors are here to reveal to us the purpose of our spiritual power, the purpose of our destiny, of our path. And so sometimes we're living patterns that are unseen because most of our ancestors, especially you and I, we come from we come from a immigrants, right? Where we don't know the stories of our grandmothers, our great grandmothers. Oftentimes we don't even know their name, but yet their patterns are living through us. And so you'll see someone that is an alcoholic. 
that's living out the exact pattern of what their great-grandparents lived. And they're seeking all the help and they're not understanding. And so when you do the ancestral work, when you dive into the spirit world, you start to now support the unconscious becoming conscious so that you're now aware of what patterns are yours, what patterns get to be honest, right? When you look at the family constellation, when you look at the power of your ancestors, you start to understand there's a bigger honoring that gets to get take place here. I get to honor myself as part of this soul family, and I get to honor every single human that came before me in their rightful place within my honoring. And so mm-hmm. we start moving in the world like lone rangers, right? Well, solo people that we think everything is up to us, and it is up to you. However, when we start to do the deep dive, the deep work, we start to understand that we have ancestors that are walking with us, that are seeking your liberation, your ascension, just as much as theirs, because they are being liberated as well through your evolution. As we ascend, our ancestors ascend. The ones that went before us can ascend up to a degree that we're able to actually move in ourselves in in being source to our healing and liberating and seeing patterns that are not visible. And so we start to really acknowledge the people in our life as the sacred teachers. So Mm -hmm. you're only honoring yourself to the degree that you're honoring every single human encounter as a holy encounter. You're only honoring yourself, your money to the degree that you're honoring every single thing, experience, person, place, situation in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, Again, I want to point out that some of these concepts may be very new to some of the listeners and and hard to wrap your head around, right? Like even me, I'm like, oh my God, my answers are walking beside me. But some of this, you know, what I thought about when you said that was, you know, psychology backs this up in that some of these like patterns play out generationally, you know, patterns of abuse, patterns of addiction. They say it takes like five, six generations to to break those cycles. So there is, you know, whether you subscribe to some of this in, in, in the literal way that you're saying, there is evidence around you that that supports what you're saying in some regards, right? This idea of, and if you're not aware of that, in the background, it's going to be informing you. It has to be. Beautiful. Okay. Such an interesting conversation. Uh, let's, why don't we dive a little bit into, I, you know, something, I think this is related to what we've been talking about, but another area that I hear a lot of noise around is this idea of manifestation. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of drives me crazy as a leadership and business coach because like so many people just think that they're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit here and manifest it and sit and wait. And it's like, no, you you, you do your work and then you got to like get to work. <laughs> but let's let's dive into that and, and, and talk a little bit about that because I think that's an area that's also misunderstood greatly. And that, it's also- yeah, I think first really getting clear about what you want is super important. I I mm-hmm. find working with a lot of people that they think they're clear, but they're not really clear. And mm-hmm. they're not clear visually specifically, but also how it feels in the body to actually have that. And so what op- happens often is that people will manifest out of resistance. They'll, they'll step into this, I'm, I want to manifest more money because they're deeply in resistance to where they are in their life. I want to manifest a new love because they are in resistance with them being single in this moment. And so mm-hmm. that creates an initial conundrum because you're not visioning, you're creating more resistance and you're using the jargon, this new age concept that has created so much, you know, that's been mainstreamed and monetized in this mainstreaming as a way of staying in the resistance where you are in your life because you think that something outside of you, something that you desire, will completely eradicate and transform and, you know, bring ease into your life. Mm-hmm. But what I'm what I teach is basically it's so important to first do the work to actually bring a, a state of harmony where you are in your life right now where you are in deep gratitude of where you are right now, where you're in full appreciation of what, where you are in your, right, in your life right now. Because the, the divine healing intelligence that lives within us and all around us 
is deeply intelligent. There's such precision. There's such accuracy in where we are in our life right now. And if we negate where we are in our life, if we create and we're living in this perpetuating resistance to where we are right now, then anything you create goes on to create from a space of lack. Anything that you're seeking to manifest will amplify that lack. And when you get to that place and you manifest the thing, there will be some kind of self-sabotaging or it'll feel like you're on to the next thing because you're not fully in the receiving mode of what is here now for mm-hmm. you. This moment holds everything you need to really transform, to really recalibrate. And if we're in resistance, we're not in the full receiving of this moment and everything it has for us. And so when you start to sit with yourself, sit with whatever you believe in, this higher power, I call it God, great spirit, the great divine. When you're actually deepening that intimacy with your co-creator that lives within you, and some ancient teachers have called it your inner being, your higher source, your higher self, it's it's not this thing that's outside of you that's judging you. That has been man-made. That was created by man to continue to control us and, and, and keep us in this small, in this smallness. It's important for us to first drop the resistance of where we are right now and really harmonize. Like, okay, everything is exactly as it needed to be. Everything mm-hmm. happened exactly the way it needed to happen or else it wouldn't have. I am exactly in the, in the place that I'm meant to be with everything. And if you can start tapping into, even if you have to zoom out a little bit to really appreciate the divine guidance, the divine healing, the intelligence that's swirling within you and all around you, like your heart is beating without you telling it to, you're digesting food, you're you're getting these downloads, you're receiving these ideas. And so that's the first place that I would love to bring some attention to, because whatever we create from a space of resistance will continue the lack, even when we receive the thing that we want. And yeah. then when we receive I, the thing that we want, we go to self-sabotage it because we can't hold we just- it. We got to pause there for a second because I feel everything mostly gets created at in this space. Like it, it, like every time people are always trying to run away from where they are in some way, shape, or form. I think it goes back to this concept of running away from your pain and and trying to get you know past that quicker instead of embracing it. it it's what you just said is so important and it shows up because even when people come to me and they're like, oh, I'm setting a goal. The goal they're setting is always in resistance to, so now all the work that we're doing is in reaction. It's not exactly. in like creation. It's not in play. It's just an automatic reaction to you not being where you want to be. I, that's just such gold. Thank you. Okay. I'm excited for you to go on. <laughs> oh, no, this is huge. So, and it's not something that we can arrive intellectually, right? Like you can't just listen to this podcast and say, okay, I'm going to drop all the resistance of where I am Mm -hmm. now. This is something that has to be done somatically in the body where you are allowing the pain that you've been resisting to fully penetrate, to fully transform you, to bring the gift of the medicine, the miracle that it's here to teach us, to transform us. And so it's something that has to be felt. And oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to feel the thing because we haven't been in safe spaces internally to actually feel the pain. We think the pain is going to crush us, that we think the pain is going to weaken us. But oftentimes the pain is actually what creates the resilience, the inner strength, the inner power for you to go after what you truly desire. And so Mm -hmm. this is something that has to be done felt experientially. And so from that space, you're able to now wipe the canvas clean because you've allowed yourself to fully receive the pain, fully experience it, right? So if you're struggling with money, before you want to manifest money, allow the heartbreak that you've been experiencing, that you've been running, that you've been avoiding by actually doing more, doing more, thinking that the doing is going to create something more, but the breakthrough has to happen at the level of the being. And so Having yourself fully experienced the heartbreak of the money stories that you've been carrying, whether they've been yours adopted from another ancestor or from another parent, it's important for you to allow it fully in, let yourself fully receive it. And then from that space, you can now create. 
because now you're freed up energetically, spiritually, somatically to actually create the thing that you desire. So what do I desire? From a place of alignment, what do I actually want to create and experience and feel? And oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to dream, to envision, to commune with our dreams and desires. One, because we haven't been safe. We haven't had a safe body to actually hold that template for us. And two, because we've been so caught up in the resistance and the reaction of things that we're just trying to build on something that isn't solid. But what I find and what I teach is that Carl Jung said this, God lives within your imagination. Everything that you see around you, everything that you're wearing was birthed out of someone's imagination. God lives within your imagination. It is seeking to create through you, as you, for you, for the collective. It is seeking to birth ideas through you because these ideas are not about you. Yes, it is about who you'll become in the process of realizing it, but it's about what that gift for the collective is going to bring on a collective level, which is God experiencing itself as you, as the creation in the totality of what it came here to be and be materialized through you. And so we don't spend that much time in our imagination. We allow our imagination to get hacked because we'll sit in front of the TV and we'll watch a lot of interesting things. Mm. And so we let the TV, the external, all of these out, you know, all of these programs indoctrinate our imagination. They'll hijack our imagination. And so we think that becoming a famous singer, we think that, you know, having a million followers, we think that all these things are the things that we desire, but these are just imprints. It's the thing that has you time and space stop for you completely. It's the things that actually have you breathe wider. It's the things that have you drop into your body and be like, wow, what would that be like, you know? And so when we allow ourselves to commune with our imagination in the realm of our dreams and desires, and we're asking our soul to inform us, what is the blueprint? What are we here to create? What are we here to experience? What do we wish to experience? And who do we wish to become in the process of experiencing those things, right? Then we become co-creators with great spirit where great spirit is showing you like it showed you Gary with the podcast. I mean, that podcast kept coming up as much as you tried to avoid it, put it for later. It kept coming up. It kept coming up from people that love you and see you. It kept coming up through your meditations, through your practice. It kept showing up for you and it got louder and louder and louder. And Mm -hmm. until you become in integrity with this creation, all the things around your life started getting loud and noisy because the distractions will get really loud to Mm -hmm. keep us in that shore of what feels familiar, what feels comfortable in the familiarity of not having the thing that we wish to experience. But now that you birthed the podcast, it's actually just flowing. You're having so much fun with it. It's something that you look forward to. You're excited about it. And it's not about you. It's so much bigger than you. It's about the people that are listening. And then what they get to get to create from the listening of the seeds that you're dropping with all your speakers. And that flow is happening in all areas of life, like business, relationship, like like there's just a flow now that, because that got an integrity, that got an alignment, that desire that had been knocking on the door and eventually just went, ha! (laughs) 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 We doing this or not? Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then look who you became as as the as the creator as the the one the person that was chosen to birth it right like the ownership game the way that I hold my creations is that they're highly intelligent as well so the ownership mm. game is alive it's pulsing it's an extension of you but now it's its own creation and it's informing mm-hmm. you okay Gary thank you for sending with us thank you for giving birth to us you're you feel like a whole different person mm-hmm, and now it's mm-hmm. space for what's next now you see events now you see programs coming through and and this is just the beginning yes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> so going back to manifestation it's not a one two three step like the new age wants to push I get that we do that because there are people that are really gifted and want to monetize but it's not about there, there isn't this hierarchy pre, cre, creation towards it. Like we're all manifestors. 
we're manifesting all the time. Whether we know or not, we are always manifesting. And so the more you take ownership of your creation, of becoming a conscious co-creator, of creating with spirit through deep, deep surrender, right? Because mm -hmm. sometimes we want to have the thing right now. We, we keep saying and visualizing it and writing it and journaling it and feeling it. But maybe that thing is waiting for you to deeply surrender to the mm -hmm. heartbreak, to the sadness, to the thing that's in the way for you to actually open your heart to actually receive the creation. Yeah. And, and that there's nothing wrong with that you don't have it right now, right? Like, it, that's where I feel people get stuck. They, they, there's something wrong with me, with it, with it, with them, like, and so now they're trying to call this thing in to fix some aspect of themselves that they feel is missing or broken. And if you just really step into this whole honoring and gratitude and accepting and do, you know, because the part that that's missing in the manifestation part that as people often speak about it is you doing your work you doing your work of getting ready for this thing that you're calling in, right? So, because you hear the story all the time of like people who win the lotto and then they lose it. They lose Cute. the money within a year or two, which is crazy, but it's like a common phenomenon. Like there's literally a book about it. Huge. And, <laughs> Huge. You know, I have a friend that, you know, really wants to be in a relationship right now. And he listens to the podcast, so I'm not going to go into too many details. But he really wants to be in a relationship. And I keep trying to tell him, like, my relationship showed up for me the moment that I was okay with not being in a relationship. And the moment that I focused all my work on me. Like, I went through a period of, like, taking care of myself and taking care of my body and really being intentional in the way that I... Uh, you know, live my life. And then all of a sudden that, that my relationship showed up. But before that, it, it, it wasn't, yeah, I wasn't ready for it, you know? And, and if you weren't ready for it and you were also probably in some way afraid of it, afraid of what it'll do, afraid of what, how it'll change you, afraid of the responsibility yeah. that comes with it. And so yeah. oftentimes what you're saying is so huge. It's like, the thing that you're manifesting is not going to make you worthy. It's not going to make you worthier. Yes. The thing that you're yes. manifesting is something for you to fully experience the receiving of because it's it's moving through you for you to become someone, some version of yourself as you're manifesting it, right? And so it's super important to remind, especially if you're listening from that space of like, I want to manifest this relationship. I want to manifest this business. I want to have seven figures in my bank. Like that thing is not happening because on some level you believe that it's going to complete you. And again, the divine healing intelligence, God, great spirit, whatever you call it, has perfect divine timing for you to receive it because you got to do the work to actually be in integrity with it, where you got to know that you are worthy just because you are worthy with or without the relationship. You are worthy mm -hmm. with the seven figures or not. And that mm -hmm. the seven figures is bonus. It's like, yes, I get to experience who I become in the creation of that. And it doesn't just happen by you visualizing it or thinking about it. It does require you for what you just said, to get busy getting an integrity, doing the work, to actually sustain it, to call it in. And when you call it in, you realize that it wasn't about the thing. It was about who you became. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Well, friends, we're going to wrap it up right there. Thank you so much for being with this us. This was so an amazing juicy. conversation. It's so good. And we could keep going on for, for like, this was like an hour just went by so quick. But we'll definitely have you back. We'll keep doing this. And I know that this is like a, a different kind of topic that my listeners are used to. But I think it's so valuable. And it it's, it's something that I'm stepping into in my life more and more because it just really it's been filling in some of the holes you know that's that's the best way that i can describe it it's just been filling in some of the holes and in, in in the way that i've been producing things in my life and 
I thank you for being a mentor and a friend and, and helping my, my guidance. And thank you for all the work you did to support me in the launch of this podcast. You really held the line for me and helped me step into seeing the vision when I was struggling seeing the vision and figuring it out. And, you know, it's just, I, I love watching you and the work that you do with your clients. It's just such a blessing. You're thank a blessing you. to us, Michelle. Thank you. I received that. I love you. You're just a dear soul brother to me. I'm so grateful for you. I'm like ecstatic over here seeing you with this podcast because it just, it was so divinely ordained for you to step into this and you are just glowing and I'm loving these conversations. I feel really honored to be here with you and I just can't wait to continue witnessing you soar in this. Uh, thank you, friend. Whether you subscribe to this woo-woo stuff or not, I think there's a great deal of value to be had from this work. For me, at its essence, it's a deep-rooted seed of radical ownership, the personal responsibility to do your work, to go deep and experience your pain, in order to heal from it, and more importantly, in order to learn from it. We have to face that we have become a culture of easy access and instant gratification. We want it now and we want it fast. We often don't have the patience and attention spans required for true greatness. We don't wanna struggle and have the hard conversations and that's with ourselves or with others. As a result, we've created a culture of resistance, a commitment to avoid pain, discomfort, struggle or challenges. And we're quick to cancel people or things when they make us feel any of that. But that's unrealistic. We can't just go walking around trying to avoid landmines all the time. And more importantly, it has a huge impact. It hijacks your growth. It hijacks your development. It prevents you from doing the work of dismantling the landmine so that it doesn't go off next time. It prevents you from healing that part of yourself and fully integrating it back into yourself. And this can have a huge consequence for the rest of your life. So the next time you get triggered, ask yourself, what is this pain here to teach me? What's the wound that's really getting pressed here? How can I safely experience and honor this pain so that I can acknowledge it, move through it, release it, learn from it? As Michelle mentioned, this can be deep and complex work to move through. So you should consider seeking out the help of a coach or a therapist to support you with this. Just make sure you do your homework and find someone who's not only a match for what you need, but has the experience, the training, and more importantly, the embodiment. Make sure they're living this and not just preaching it. Thank you for joining me this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please, please, please help me grow by clicking follow and sharing this with someone you love. Let's work together to get this message out to as many people as possible. Until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ownership Game with your host, Gary Montalvo. Make sure to like and comment on your favorite podcast platform, as well as subscribe so that you never miss an episode.